Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. We are back on Healthcare Experience Matters. Today's guest, Carla Parker Hollist. She's the Chief Operating Officer of Jersey City Medical Center, Hudson County, New Jersey. It's part of the Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Health System. Thanks for joining us today, Carla. I'm happy to be here, Casey. Thank you. It's our pleasure. So before we jump into today's interview, I just want to get your background for our audience. So tell us about your career and how you became interested in working in healthcare. Well, so I had one of those uh, happenstance situations, Casey, when you get into healthcare kind of accidentally, I actually started my career outside of, as I graduated from from college in broadcasting with a background in communications and and business development. Um, It was really through that, that opportunity that I became associated with a number of healthcare clients and helping them grow their business and tell their story to consumers. I ended up being offered a position uh, with a hospital in North Carolina, and I became their business development director. A few years after that, I, I moved uh, back to Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and became a part of the Duke University Health System when they purchased a hospital that I was working at, um, which was a tremendous, a tremendous opportunity for me um, to really be a part of a world-class health system and, and, and to really learn the basics of healthcare delivery. Um, I started on the strategic planning side and was able to move to the operations side, uh, really growing and developing along the way. Um, about two and a half years ago, I accepted uh, a wonderful opportunity uh, to join Jersey City Medical Center as their chief operating officer. Uh, and I've been here since November of 2019. So um, it, it's been a wonderful journey and it's just a fantastic organization and community to serve. I want to ask a little bit more about Jersey City Medical Center. So tell us about its journey in becoming a high reliability organization in HRO. What does that entail? Well, I think, you know, one of the one of the defining factors of being a healthcare organization in any setting is you want to provide the safest environment possible to deliver care. And really, that's a fundamental component of being a high reliability organization. It really, when you focus on how you deliver the safest care possible, uh, you do it in a way that is consistent with policies and procedures, and you create an environment in which you can talk openly and transparently about opportunities to improve. This has been about a four-year journey for our organization. And it's really been something that's been, uh, you know, translated throughout the hospital. Our, our employees have been trained. Our physician, our physicians are engaged. Our wonderful board of trustees um, certainly are very familiar with our HRO journey, and we report on a regular basis. We start every meeting that we have with a safety story, where we talk about something that we learned. Um, sometimes things don't happen the way we want them to happen. And it's important for us to be able to discuss it and and to improve on it. Um, Every morning uh, we start the day Monday through Sunday, not just Monday through Friday, because we're in a 24-7 environment uh, with a safety huddle. 
And that huddle allows us the opportunity to talk about anything that we have concerns about unit by unit throughout the organization. We're able to do it in about 20 minutes, but it's it's a wonderful learning opportunity. And again, we want our employees to feel empowered. We want them to feel supported, to be able to report things that that need to be improved on from a safety perspective. So it's an ongoing journey. We're not perfect. We make errors, we make mistakes, but what's important is that we talk about them openly and transparently and we learn. Um, At the end of the day, it's everybody's role to provide the safest care possible for our patients, whether I'm at the bedside as a nurse or whether I'm cleaning their room. Um, I'm an integral part of the safe delivery of care. Yeah, we've talked about your interest in healthcare. We've talked about the beginning stages of your career. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the culture of safety at Jersey City Medical Center. So thank you for that. Now I want to move on to some other things, some other parts of your journey. Is there anything you want to tell us about specific challenges you have faced as a woman climbing the corporate ladder, not in particular at any institution, but just maybe speak to your overall journey as a whole? Sure. I think, you know, I think the journey for anyone in a corporate environment, and particularly as you are actively trying to advance your career, is, is, is finding that delicate balance. There is not a perfect balance, but finding that that delicate balance of, of certainly having a family. I am I'm fortunate enough to have a, a husband and a son um, and making sure that I'm dedicating the same level of commitment and engagement to that part of my life as I do to my professional life. You know, I think as a woman, you know, as I reflect on, on mentors in my career, um, the majority of my mentors, frankly, have been men because, you know, and often, you know, you'll find the majority of employees in healthcare systems are women, but most frequently, the majority of leadership are men. I've had some wonderful mentors in my career um, who I've learned a lot from. Um, But again, I think it's so important as a woman who has been fortunate enough to be able to grow and and to be able to to have um, professional success to sort of um, uh, pass that on and to give back. And it's, you know, at this stage of my career, you know, one of the things that's really important to me is, is, is serving as a mentor, not a passive mentor, but, but actively seeking individuals who might be looking for that or, or who might have moments of time where, where they'd like to be able to come to someone and talk about a, you know, a difficult situation or circumstance. Um, so that's very important to me. Um, again, you know, for me, work-life balance is um, their words. They're not necessarily words that come true all the time, but it's, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a constant um, focus and, and sort of a work in process to, to find that balance. I completely understand. And I'm just curious, you mentioned that so many of your mentors were men. Are there young women now that you're able to mentor? 
Yeah, there are. And and it's one of the things that, you know, working at Jersey City Medical Center, I I mean, I think we have a phenomenal group of young female professionals um, that, you know, I have the the great honor of having several of them report to me. And so it's something that I I, I take very seriously. And and I absolutely um, do focus on that. Um, you know, I'm proud to be a part of an organization, this particular system that has a focus on that as well. And in fact, has a women's leadership um, advisory group that they actually invite young female leaders to participate in and, and, and pair them up with, with mentors um, to help them grow and develop. I think, I think mentorship isn't passive. You have you have to really focus on being a mentor. Um, you have to focus on making yourself available and, and being an active listener and um, not judging, but encouraging. Um, and that's what what I try to do. So um, again, it, it's it's just you know I, I think that we're at this this very pivotal time where we are seeing tremendous advancements for women in in leadership, and you know I think we're seeing more women in medical school than we are men. So so clearly our industry is evolving and, and changing, and I want to be a part of that. I you know I I want to I want to I want to put a hand out and and um, to be able to offer that. As we discussed earlier, your background started, it sounded like in broadcasting and then Mm -hmm. into, it sounded like some consulting work almost on helping um, institutions in, in, in their marketing. And and is that accurate? Yeah, um, actually, you know, I was a, I was a full-time employee when I started with healthcare, but it, it was very focused on marketing and business development. I mean, I think we often think of, of healthcare organizations as, you know, the inpatient beds that are within a hospital, which is critically important, obviously, but, but so much of what we, what we do is really growing our business. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. That's why we, we develop ambulatory sites in communities that we, that needs, needs service. And we want to be able to provide that. We provide, you know, high-end imaging or radiology services. You know, we have physical therapy and occupational therapy. We develop sleep centers and, and other like services so that we're meeting the needs of, of our community. And that's, that's really how my career fundamentally started in healthcare. Yeah. The reason I asked that is I want, I'm curious if you encountered challenges with not having a clinical background? You know, um, that that's really a, a, a good question. And, and certainly I think maybe early on in my career, it may have been a little more challenging. I've, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to learn a lot along the way. I'm certainly not a clinician, but um, I always try to partner with clinicians, particularly as we're advancing, you know, different clinical services or, our um, you know, different um, you know offerings to the community. I think it's critically important that we have clinicians at our side. Um, and I find that that you know working with clinicians are they, they often they may not have the same type of experience operationalizing ideas. Um, and they're also always willing to to partner too because again, at the end of the day, um, what we all, I think what we all aspire to do is to provide excellent healthcare services in the communities that need them the most. 
Um, so that that's been you know something that we've really done a lot of work in um, in Hudson County, uh, where Jersey City Medical Center is certainly serving the full community, but really really focusing on social impact too, and and, and meeting the needs of those communities that may be um, in in underserved areas or who may have less access. And again, you know, not a clinician, but but certainly able to look at a market, assess a market, and then work with with my clinical partners and colleagues to to really meet those needs where gaps exist. Yeah, and for listeners that may not be familiar, Hudson County, New Jersey, is right across the Hudson River, as it yes. sounds, from New York City. So such a large population base, such a diverse population base that you're dealing with at that hospital. And of course, in its early stages, the pandemic really hit that area hard. Um, We're talking around March, 2020, that time period. So any lessons learned you can tell us about given the pandemic's impact on everything? Well, I mean, certainly, as, as you mentioned, um, we are in northern New Jersey. In fact, I can see the Statue of Liberty from, from my back deck where I live. So um, we we feel sometimes almost a, as an extension of New York City. And and certainly we all remember that that New York City was was really the epicenter of the pandemic of COVID when it started. And, and we were right there with them. Um, you know, we certainly learned a, a lot in the beginning in terms of just delivery of, of clinical care. I mean, there was a lot that we didn't know. Mortality rates were very high. Um, this was a new virus that we were really trying to learn um, and trying to be able to create the best treatment modalities that we could. Um, it may be a cliche to say, but, uh, you know, I think if if I if I didn't know it before, which which I did, but um, delivering healthcare is a team sport, and it required all of us to to be a part, an active part of that team. You know, I found myself here many weekends, many nights, being the person who was delivering in ninety five masks to units or gloves or gowns or whatever was needed at that particular time. You know, we were all part of, you know, certainly an incredibly difficult situation. We lost colleagues. We lost, you know, patients. Um, Every day I walked through a parking lot where we had four mobile morgues in addition to the morgue that we have in the hospital. And we're a trauma center, so it's not a small morgue. And, you know, you, you, you learn the value of teams and you certainly, you know, learn the value of being kind and caring for each other and, and being there as a support, you know, whether it meant, you know, giving someone a hug at the end of the day or, or a phone call or a text to say, are you okay? It was clearly, as I reflect on my 20 plus years in healthcare, um, the most challenging time, the most challenging experience that I've ever been through. Um, But I've never been prouder. I've never been prouder to be a part of this organization um, I've never been prouder to be a part of this team. And, you know, we're in a very different place today. Um, but the memories of where we are or where we were, you know, don't go away. Um, I think the other, you know, piece that that we have to learn is, you know, so often we think that, you know, at the end of your workday, it's the end of your workday. It was never the end of our workday then. And it was important to take care of each other. 
you know, we've invested a lot of resources in um, extending, you know, how we care for our patient, for our, for our employees, how we provide them resources to process a lot of what they've been through, you know, resources or venues to be able to talk about the impact to their life, how it impacted them, how it impacted their family, how it impacted their children. Um, so I think it's really important um, that, that we do care for each other as well. Uh, we're here to care for our patients, but but we got to care for each other as well. So Carla and I were talking a little bit before this podcast, when the mics were off, about some of the social impact of the hospital. It might go beyond a little bit of the scope we are kind of familiar with when you talk about standard healthcare delivery. Carla, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. No, really, Casey, thank you for that. Um, you know, when we think about hospitals, as you and I were discussing, we we often think about the inpatient, the bedside care, we think about the physician practice. But, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is, is Hudson County, the county where, where Jersey City Medical Center lives, and where about 40% of our, our employees live, is a very diverse community and diverse in, in many different ways. Um, and one of the things that we have worked very hard um, as an organization, one of our pillars as a health system is around social impact. Um, so we expand a tremendous amount of resources, time, energy, people to really make a difference in the lives of our patients. Um, when you think about a patient that has come into your ER, they're, they've been in a, a, a domestic altercation and they're here for treatment. Well, we can treat them and care for them and then we can discharge them. But what happens is this becomes cyclical. So we have a tremendous effort in, in really working with our, our, our patients who have experienced uh, trauma-related issues where we have an entire service that's around trauma-related care where we treat the entire family, whether it's around, you know, whether or not they have a safe place to go back home to, how do we help them with that? How do we help them find a job and prepare for an interview so that they can be successful in life? How do we make sure that they're able to get their prescriptions filled once they've had a situation where they need medication? How do we make sure that we help them with those children who may have witnessed a violent or a traumatic event? How do we help those folks? And, and we're so fortunate in the state of New Jersey to have received resources directly from the state to be able to, to, be able to offer trauma-informed care, which doesn't end um, you know, at, at the exit door when you leave the, the organization. We recently, through some partnerships, received some grant dollars to open what we call a food pharmacy in one of our areas in the community, which really doesn't have the level of access to fresh food and vegetables that that many of us do have. And, and this food pharmacy is, is within the confines of one of our clinics. Um, every patient who comes in gets a nutritional assessment, has the opportunity to, to meet with a nutritionist, um, to look at planning meals for them, and they leave with a bag of food and they can come back and get food anytime they need it. Um, food insecurity is a huge issue within healthcare. It's a huge issue in our society, but but certainly to keep our patients healthy, you know, as as you and I were discussing, uh, we can provide excellent medical care um, and great clinical care, and I believe that we do that. But but we really do have to treat the patient as as a as a whole individual. 
Um, and that's the only way that we're really going to be able to make a difference, a long-term difference. And as we work towards wrapping up, I want to ask you about what advice would you give to any woman aspiring to a leadership position in healthcare? Do it. Do it. You'll never find a career better than in a healthcare organization. Now, take advantage of opportunities as you're if you're thinking about healthcare. You know, certainly take advantage of, of, of opportunities to volunteer or to intern or, or to participate in fellowships. T- tap into all of your friends and resources who are in healthcare, but do it. it it's just a, an amazing field. It's a diverse field. Um, it's full of opportunities, uh, regardless of what you want to be when you grow up. Um, I can't think of I can't think of a better a better place to be. We've been talking with Carla Parker Hollis, Chief Operating Officer with Jersey City Medical Center. Do you have any other final thoughts? Any other parting words for us that you want to leave us with? Well, first of all, Casey, thank you for giving me uh, an opportunity uh, again to talk about the organization that I work for, uh, the community that we serve. And I, you know, I think I hope that we continue to have these conversations, more of these conversations and and, and remembering that that healthcare just isn't just in the walls of, of, of the hospital or the organization that we de- deliver care in, it really is about the outreach that we we do in the community and, and taking care of the populations, the full populations that we serve. So thank you, Casey. Oh, thank you again, Carla Parker-Hollis, for your time. And we hope to have you back on again at some point. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.